Hey, it's Maddie and Jason. <coughs> Thanks for joining us on The Wake Up Shot. This is a six-part podcast series. Um, and it's about self-discovery into the world of work life. And it's our second last ep. Yay! There's a big word for this. It's our penultimate episode. I like that. A lot of people misuse that word, not realizing that penul penultimate means the second to the last. So this is our penultimate episode. I learned that word from him, actually. There you go. And I haven't used it in a long time. So. Thanks for bringing it up again. No worries. It's a perfect <laughs> occasion for it. It's liberating. Yes. Okay, so today we're going to talk about whether your career and you are a match made in heaven or hell. Jason came up with that. Yes, not <laughs> uh, bad, right? Career fit, right? What's yeah. an interesting way? And yeah. seriously, is it a match made in heaven or hell? Yeah, because the, the right fit, it can feel a bit like heaven and the wrong fit definitely does feel like hell. Yeah. <laughs> like almost literally. So why is it so important? Like, you know, most people, when they're looking for a job, mm. they don't really think about a fit. Mm. You just think, oh, I need to find a job. Mm. I studied this, therefore, I need to find a job that fits what I studied. Mm. But what you study, is it fit enough, mm. so to speak, right? Because it doesn't actually consider your personality yep. or your temperament. Exactly. Maybe only your interests, because hopefully you studied it because you love it. Yep. But not all the time as well. Sometimes we were forced into it by our parents. Well, that's the thing, right? I think there's a couple different factors that play into how well <clears throat> you'll function at your job and how good a fit you are. One thing is, will you enjoy it? That's one factor. Uh -huh. The other factor is, will you be good at it? Because there are some people who are in a job that they enjoy, but they're not good at. And there's other people who are in a job that they're good at, but they don't enjoy. <clears throat> and I really think you need both of these factors to be aligned in order to make your work-life experience a, a pleasurable one and a profitable one and a meaningful one. And I'll go a little bit further than that, is like even if you are good at it and you enjoy it, but then suddenly you're promoted yeah. and then you're supposed to manage people yeah, yeah. who are doing your job, yeah. and that's when you... You, you drown yeah. <laughs> because that was not the job you were hired for and maybe you don't actually want to manage people. Yeah. You're just really good at your job and you want to keep doing your job mm. and managing people is not really part of it. But at the same time, it's hard to say no to a promotion. Yes. Right? Well, I think this is a problem that befalls a lot of people. <clears throat> I think the first mistake people make, and you alluded to this in your introduction, is that they go into a job for the wrong reasons. They get pushed into a, a certain field, maybe because that's what their parents want them to do or something. Like for example, like when I was on the radio, right, uh, my eldest son, I think he's, he's like, that seems like a really good gig. You work four hours a day, you make pretty good money. It seems like the perfect opportunity. It's a lot harder than that, I promise you. They make it a lot harder than it needs to be. <laughs> but so my son, <clears throat> he went on, he went to study media. But what he found is that as much as he loves media and loves art and all these sorts of things, he, he found it a very bad fit because he didn't like being in front of the camera. A lot of his, uh, a lot of the other kids in his course were very extroverted, very outgoing. They love being in front of the camera. Yes, yes. And he just felt like this is just not, what he, it was a bad culture fit because uh, he, my son likes to play sports. He's kind of a guy's guy. All, he's got so many guy friends. They like to just, hang, he just loves to hang out with guys. And he entered this very feminine world of media where it's all like, ah, you know, it's all <laughs> It's too camp for him. It's too, too camp. dramatic. It's, and, and a lot of the people who go into media are like that. So it's not that maybe he didn't like the course. 
He didn't like the culture. And so after his first year, I convinced him to make a switch over to animation, which is what I'm doing now. And he's loved it because he can, like you said, work behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And the, the people in the course are also a bit more, you know, down to earth, like sort of he is. Different sorts of people. Right? They're very, like the people who go into art compared to the people going to media, it's a very different world. Mm -hmm. And he liked that world. So I think that that's one thing you gotta look when you're choosing an industry is, do you like the culture of that industry? Because say you go into law, that's gonna be a very specific culture. You've gotta be very serious, very sharp, uh, a, little bit, a little bit savage, I would say. Like you cannot be a sort of person who's gonna be pushed around. And you cannot take things too personally. You cannot take, because you're gonna be arguing all the time. Yeah. And people and you, are gonna come at you hard. And you do see the worst of mankind. Yes. You do, and you must be able to separate yourself from work. And some people just can't, and it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Right? So there might be people who are smart enough to be lawyers, but they don't have that inner fortitude to be a lawyer, that inner sort of strength to, to go and just basically argue with people all day, solve people's problems all day. That takes a lot of sort of guts in a way. Actually, I really love that you brought up culture because mm. it's something that I didn't think about when I was looking through this or thinking about this topic. Mm. And that's what this podcast is about. We're not here to tell you what to do. We mm. do not know more than you because this is about you, right? But hopefully it sets you thinking. We might, we might know more than you about having chaotic careers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that much we do. Yeah. But because we were in radio yeah. and hopefully many of you consider us friends. I mean, mm. that's why I love radio yeah. because radio is very personal. Yeah. And many, why people love radio or the people they listen to on radio is because they feel like they know you and mm. that is one of the greatest satisfaction because I've done acting before and I can tell you that you know I have um, I, I feel really I, I feel proudest of my radio achievement <laughs> in when you talk about my media career yeah it's because the people who come up to me who know me from radio are different from the people who come up to me who know me from elsewhere yeah. because they feel like they know me yeah. i'm sure you get that because yeah. they listen to you and they feel like they're part of your conversations mm. your daily conversations and so they know you or at least they feel that they know you yeah. and that's what i guess this podcast is about to like we are Hopefully you see us as your friends, so bring up the questions that maybe some of your friends or your parents or your kids don't dare to bring up. Yeah. And just gets you thinking mm. a little more mm. and a little deeper. Yeah, we're probably more interesting than your friends and family, <laughs> at least a little bit. And, and we've probably been through a little bit more in certain ways than, than a lot of people have. So I think that that's the advantage. Well, he, and, he, and you listen to us for eight years and neither of us... You know, we, we've been fairly reliable and fairly honest, I think, over that time. Hmm. Well, you're one of my most interesting friends. You're one of my most interesting friends. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So that's why we're here. Yeah. Okay, so back to the importance of finding a career fit, you know. Culture. Mm -hmm. That's something nobody thinks about. Mm. Like if you think, if you're thinking of going into radio, for example, mm. which our producer, Irene, hi, we should... Should we call out names? Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> We're close enough. Yeah, She'll yeah. understand, right? She'll they should be used to it by now. Yeah. So when Irene joined us as a producer, the thing was she was listening to us. She loved the show and she thought, oh, how fun it would be mm. to be a part of that show mm. and to be a part of radio media, a world that she never thought about. Mm. And she didn't study for. She started business study. She mm. was doing her own arts and craft business, scrapbooking mm. business. Mm. You know, and she thought, okay, I can do that. 
oh my god, what a rude awakening. Do you mm. remember that, Irina? Mm. So she was crying. <laughs> I think every other day. And it wasn't always my fault. All my fault. Just sometimes. I, no, she even cried <laughs> over an interaction with the HR person yeah. or the finance person. Yeah. And I remember one day she's, she was crying at her desk and she goes, I hate media people. Yeah. They're all so rude and yeah. horrible. And she's right. They're horrible. <laughs> no. Unless you're, no, here's the thing, Maddie, it's true. If you're, if you want to go into media or something, you have to, I've got to be aware you're going into a horrible culture filled with horrible, loathsome people. Maddie, it's just a fact. We, we might love some of them, but the thing yeah. is, we're also those people <laughs> to, to varying degrees. You're not. I'm you're not. not so and that's much. why I you, had a You're the writing part, like, yes. you're, you're, you're part, you're, I'm in terms of media, you are like journalism. Yeah, yeah. Right. So sure. that's kind of, again, you know, media is very broad. Yeah. Um, but in media, in our defense, um, we're very straightforward because mm. you know we talk for a living. Mm. You know, we sit in front of the camera and we or, or the or the mic and we talk about and share our opinions. Mm. So you have to own your opinions and say what you mean, mean what you say. Hopefully, yeah. You know, and that's that why you get that kind of people who are very straightforward and they don't mince their words and sometimes it can come across as being rude some honestly are mm. but oftentimes it's just like i'm saying it as it is mm. and please don't get emotional about it well that's what makes people entertaining it's like good decent solid people aren't entertaining <laughs> like honestly like if you have to listen to somebody who's very down to earth he's got a good outlook on life leads a leads a good healthy lifestyle like it's, I'm sorry, but that's going to be kind of a boring person. No, they are the guests. They're, they can be the guests. <laughs> they are the guests. Yeah. And they are great guests yeah. because they balance us out. Yeah. But people who go on the air and talk for a living, they have to hold your interest. And the only way to hold people's interest is to be a bit of a brat, frankly. Like, you have to be a bit of a brat. And I think Irene didn't account for that. Yeah. You know, she didn't think about the culture. Yeah. But eventually, I think because her character is also, I will not give up. Yeah. And I will not say die. Good yeah. for her. Yeah. You know, she's really grown. But I think she's also relieved to eventually get out of it. Yeah. But she grew to love the people that she worked with and yeah. therefore she stayed on. At times. <laughs> <laughs> At different times. But you know, back to the career fit. It wasn't a perfect <clears throat> career fit, but there was definitely something in it for her to learn and grow and become the person that she's meant to be to take the next step which yep. is where she is now, you know, a marketing director mm. at uh, an aesthetic clinic, mm. Freya, shout out to Freya. Mm. Um, and thank you, Freya. <laughs> and thank you, Freya. <laughs> and she is thriving, yeah. you know. One, one thing about the media, or I guess we don't want to just talk about the media, but I think it's a good example and it's what we know best, is that it really does toughen you up. And then I think it really does instill you with a certain sort of confidence. So here's the thing, right? We talk about jobs maybe not being a bad fit, but say like you mean, you go into a job like uh, media, radio, and it's not the perfect fit, but it helps you to grow in so many ways. And it builds up your confidence because you're like, well, if I can deal with these assholes, I can deal with anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And after she came out of radio, I think she was prepared to take on the job like you said, that she currently has, mm -hmm. because it toughened her up, it wisened her up, it made her more aware, it made her, made her more capable. She took on so many challenges. And so after that experience, she was able to move on to something that maybe is a slightly better fit for her. Yeah, so from <coughs> the importance of a career fit, we move to, you know, so what makes a good career fit? Mm. Personality, <coughs> temperament, yeah. 
Well, you passion. know, I do. I, everybody should know by now. I, I'm like the MBTI expert. You know, I've got. I've been able. The last eight people I've met, I think, I go to this party with these MBTI people. I've been able to guess their MBTI types like each and every time, and the odds of that happening are like a zillion to one. But I'm. I, I think I have a really good sense <clears throat> of who people are on a, on a fundamental level. Here's another example, right? Like uh, my wife and I, my wife's cousin, she's a very lovely person. And she worked in a law firm, sort of as a paralegal. And it's, it's a job where it's, it's a little bit dull and it's the same thing every day. It's dull to you. I have to it's add, dull to it's me. dull to you. It's dull yep. to me. But you, you do the same thing every day and you have a lot of responsibility. You can't make any mistakes. And you're dealing with people, like I said, it's a very serious environment. And after a while, we noticed that it seemed to be grinding her down a bit. And so we suggested a career change. She went to work for this um, hospitality company, a large hotel chain. Mm -hmm. She wasn't working in the hotel, she was working in the office. And she worked with this boss who's a very dynamic, go-getter type lady. And it's kind of a chaotic environment. It's a very dynamic environment. You don't know what, from day to day, what's gonna be thrown at you. Things change. When it's dynamic, totally. you're always changing. Yes, right? and she couldn't deal with it. I mean, you plan, but then at the same time, you're also spontaneous. You kind of over-prepare and then go with the flow. Exactly. I think in the hospitality industry, I think that that's sort of the, the quality that you need to have. And she didn't have it. And so she found it unbelievably stressful. And so she managed to stay there for like about a year. And, and, she, and then <laughs> she realized this was just not... And my wife and I had convinced her to take on this job. And she's like, you know, my old boss is asking me if I want to go back to the law firm. And now she's gone back there. And the thing is, she's so happy now because she knows that that's where she belongs. That's the environment she belongs in. And that's the sort of work that she sort of enjoys in a it way. Suits her, her it suits her personality her personality. Type, right? She's yeah. a very conscientious person. She's a very careful, cautious person. And she's a very orderly person. And so working in a law firm is the perfect fit for her. Mm -hmm. So I think that like, I think we might have touched on this a bit before too. Sometimes it's good to stretch yourself just to see where you don't belong. I think it's always good to yeah. step out of your comfort zone. Yeah. But at some point when you're unhappy, you have to then sit back and do you just blame the people in the environment mm. around you or just use it as an opportunity to get yourself, to get to know yourself better and then go, this is not for me. Thank you very much. Yep. Now I know, you know where I belong. And we <clears> need that sometimes, you know, to look outside. 100%. I think it's very important to have self-knowledge. Like, <clears throat> I think, Maddie and I are both very self-aware people. Like, I think we know. It took a while, you know? Yeah. Like, well, I'm 50, he's past 50. It's about bloody time. <laughs> yes. But it, it does. It, it takes a while, you know. But I think that even at a young age, you should try to have enough self-awareness to know which industry might be a good... Like, people talk about jobs, right? Like, here's the thing. I've had this discussion before, right? Like, people say, why are you, why are you playing basketball? You're never going to be Michael Jordan. Well, you don't have to be... Michael Jordan to be involved in basketball or even more broadly sport you know okay here's the thing right if you love sport you might just want to be in that environment this, you might just like that world of sport you don't have to be the top superstar what if you manage a sporting goods company what if you are a golf pro what if you you know there's all what if you're a sports writer you know there's all different things you can do within that industry so my my thinking is always don't look at the job don't look at the position or even the salary. Look at the, the industry that you want to be involved in. Like, here's the thing, right? Like, there's a big emphasis on people going into office jobs, office careers. But what if you're a very physical 
person. That might, sitting in a cubicle might not be a good idea, but sales might be a good way to enter that environment and still be competitive, still be kind of a, a, a douche. And, and you know, it, no, might, it might benefit you. If you're a very dominant personality, you can still find a way to make you know, office-like work for you if you're in that more competitive aspect of it. So for example, take sales. Sales is a great example, right? Mm. If you're looking for a, a killer, a hustler, mm. I mean, that's what you need mm. for a sales position, right? And a good salesperson rarely has attention to detail. Yeah. They're really big. They're really yeah. out Sometimes there. Sometimes they don't pay you the money that they owe you. Like what happened to us? <laughs> <laughs> no. But, you know, so when you say, for example, if you're a company and you're hiring, you go, oh, I want a, a salesperson who has attention to detail. Mm. Um, I'm sorry, but then don't expect them to be, often they're not very good at selling. That's such the, a good point. You, you know, you need to understand that there are certain roles where the, that certain personality types thrive in certain roles and yes. they're extremely good at that yes so that you take them as they are so i think it, it goes both ways as well That's so i realized that when i'm looking for someone for example in marketing marketing you need attention to detail mm. if you don't have then maybe it might be better that you are the marketing manage um assistant manager mm. instead of the manager mm. then you have the manager mm. to check for all the little things that you miss <laughs> yeah. right but until you get that sorted you may not be a good fit as a marketing manager. Mm. No. Um, and if you are going into sales, then just know that you, it would be better if you liked interacting with people. Yes. And if you're just going in there because you want the money, then be prepared that you may not be the best at it and yeah. be okay with that. Yeah, I, from the sales, like we, in our careers, I think we've come in contact with a lot of salespeople. Like the funny thing is, right, like when I was working as a writer, I had to interact with salespeople. And when I was a DJ, I had to interact with salespeople much more than I would have thought. You think kids, right? You think you go into these careers, people will just leave me alone. I can just live my quiet life at my computer typing away. That's not the way it is in the real world. You know, even if you're in writing, you still have to interact with all these different facets of whatever company you're working in. And what I always found interesting about salespeople is a lot of times they were very sporty. A lot of times they're quite sporty. Good, good looking, and they did love money, and they were they were just such a different breed. Do you yeah. know what I mean? They were really they're commission of, monsters. They're, yeah, they're and they of, need to be. Yeah, yeah. No. So they, they were like, if you're looking for a person like that, you want the person who's like the most like that, and they're not going to be sort of they they're going to be competitive people. They might not be the best team players. They're looking out for their own commission. Yes. But these are the kind of people that you want in that role. If you're that kind of person you'd probably be a great salesman. Now, it's, and going back to what you said, if you're not that kind of person, do not go into sales because you will be so miserable. Yeah. If you're not a dick, don't go into sales. <laughs> That's not true either. <laughs> I have lovely girls who do sales and they are not... <laughs> but they love being out there. They love talking, you know what No, I mean? but girls do it in a different way. Yeah. No. <clears throat> like girls, girls, like guys do sales in their own way and girls do sales in their other way and there has to be an aspect almost of coquetry with females who are in sales almost Co what coquetry like they, they a, a bit flirtatious a little bit like you cannot be a shrinking violet or a shy girl in sales like most of the girls i met who are in sales they like to party they like to go out 
They're fast girls. Again, it's a it's a, it's a certain fit. personality it's type. It's a certain personality type. Yeah, and um, where you thrive. I'm not saying that if you're not that personality type, you shouldn't go into it. Mm. But just know that when you go into it, that's the culture you're going to, and yes. most of the people who are there who thrive <laughs> yeah. are that personality type. That's so it. you know, go in there to learn. For example, maybe you're you're shy and you're not very outgoing mm. and you don't actually really like people, but you're fascinated by the sales world mm. and the salespeople, mm. and you want to see what it's like to be in that world and to have the opportunity to earn more. Go in there and take it as a lesson mm. and tell yourself that, okay, I maybe will just do that for a year or two, mm. but then that puts me out there. I will learn to hustle with the, with the hustlers. Then, think, then it's okay. I think it's okay, Maddie, but I do think it's hard to change your basic nature. What I would no, say, no. okay, okay, wait. Go ahead, go ahead. I, I have to say, yeah. I'm not saying you, you change, mm. but what you do is you learn, learn, you take a little bit of that, and then you go back to Whatever where you, you are most comfortable in and you thrive. Yeah. But I can promise you that um, if you approach that with the attitude to learn and grow as a person mm. and to embrace all the different personality types and diversity then because you're always going to come across and work with salespeople mm. first of all you will learn how to work better with them because then you understand them better mm. um, you know how to work in tandem just as an aside I did like a lot of the salespeople I worked with sure I mean they were very sometimes they irritate me but I did like a lot of them sure <laughs> <laughs> so it, then I am sure that it will make you better at your job, directly mm. or indirectly, mm. it, it will because you just have an overview picture of all the different moving parts that, mm. you know, of, of that whatever, make something work. Because every, we are talking about industries, every industry has all these different component parts to yeah. it. Like in our industry media, there was the sales force, there was the marketing force. There's a there programming was, side. There's programming yeah. side. And you have to decide where you fit. Yeah. So for example, if you think, I love media, you know, this is, is multifaceted. Mm. So where do you fit? And that's where you can explore, mm. you know? And when you're young, that is the best time. Yes. I suppose, you know, I also have to emphasize that, you know, when it comes to career fit, um, maybe when you're young, it's okay, try everything. Mm. Because, you know, opportunity <coughs> cost is low. If you're not gonna try then, mm. you know, when are you gonna do it? Because the opportunity cost, as you earn more, the opportunity cost is higher as well. Mm. You have a lot more to lose when you are making a career switch at 40 or 50. That is mm. a fact. I think the thing is though, it also depends, on, like it's such an individual thing, right? Like it depends, like for some people, the main thing like they want in their career is like, money or financial stability and like I, who doesn't want that i mean i think everybody wants it but it's a matter of degree right yeah. like there literally there are a lot of people who go into more artsy stuff who really do not think about that yeah. stuff yeah. very much at all now the people who do they will end up in an industry like banking and finance which i don't know you, do you know much about that world i don't know much yeah about i that do world. i mean my my sister your my bro brother-in-law my dad yeah. you know came from the banking industry so the people who go into that they tend to be very stable people in a way very and have a very strong idea of where they want to get to in the future all kinds all, all kinds, kinds i guess yeah but it's a, it's a that's another environment that's also very competitive and you have to have a very you have to have a lot of guts and you, and you have to be very tenacious so for example like my sister mm. you know she started out in in, <clears throat> in sales um, at the bank and then she realized that's not her mm. that's not her personality type so she went into the admin side to support the salespeople that's great 
and she thrived. Yep. She didn't thrive in sales, but she tr thrived supporting them. That's a perfect example. And the great thing is she does know what the salespeople are going through because she has worked as a salesperson. Yes. So she understands them. And then she's able to go into a more supporting role that suits her personality better. That's such a great example. And the salespeople really, really love her because she's such a great support because yeah. she understands both sides. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I think that's one good example. But that's the thing. She tried it. Mm. She tried everything when she was in her 20s. Yeah, yeah. And therefore, once you get to a certain age and you've tried that, then you can say, ah, okay, yeah, I like this, but I think I'm a better fit here. But until you try it, you don't really know. Okay, so let's delve into um, strategies and approaches that we can use to find the right career fit. Mm. Self-assessment, personality type test. I, I mean, honestly, apart from just trying, uh, apart from just trying all the different things. For me, if you're not a self-aware person, and there's a lot of people, surprisingly, a lot of people who really don't have a lot of self-awareness. I think. Taking some sort of personality assessment, it doesn't have to be MBTI, it can be anything. There's many. It now. can be astrology for all I care. You have to get, you have to find some way to get in touch with who you are as a person and then be able to use that self-knowledge to be able to guide yourself through your career. Because if you're just going, my mom says I should be a lawyer or my mom wants me to be a doctor, that's no way to run your life, you know. Or even listen to relatives like your cousin who listened yes. to you guys. Yeah, Actually, I don't think it was bad anyway. Yeah. But you know, for, for the thing is sometimes when you talk to your friends and your family, they do want what's best for you, but often it's probably what's best for them. Yes. Because <clears throat> it, you know, we relate to the world in the way we see it. Exactly, exactly. My, my advice would be really listen to other people as little as possible. You really have to listen to yourself. And no matter what people are telling you, and you don't know people's motivations for telling you what to do. Who knows why they're telling you to, you know, maybe it's because they love you, but it could be for any other number of reasons. So you really have to decide for yourself, really, what is it that you want to do? What is it that you love? How can you imagine spending the rest of your life? And even if you've already gotten into a career, you don't like, like, Maddie, you were saying it's better to do it when you're young, but I did it when I was 55. You did it when you were... It's never first, too late. Never it also late. depends on the opportunities that come your way. That's if you right. have the opportunities. But you have to make opportunities too. You do too, by yeah. putting yourself out there. So yeah. instead of just staying home and say, this is not my dream job, this is not my dream job, this is not my dream job, like just go out there and get a job. That's right. Because when you put yourself out there, that's when opportunities come. Yeah. That's where things happen. But first of all, you have to be on the road first, mm. moving forward. That's if right. you're staying at home, just thinking or dreaming or complaining, the problem is that you are stagnant. You're not moving. So Unless you you're at home and it, say you're not working, say you're between jobs or just starting off on your career, a lot can be done at home too to get yourself prepared. If you're studying, like yeah. I'm not saying if you're, when you're that's taking right. a course, that's very different. Say you're, you're taking a course or you're practicing a craft or something like that. What I'm saying is there shouldn't, shouldn't be a lot, like life is a lot shorter than you might think. At our age, we know that it goes by in the blink of an eye. So you really don't have a ton of time to waste. So you're, you should look at your life as being, you know, one of constant growth. And no matter where you're at in your own personal timeline, you should be either throwing your heart into whatever job it is you're doing, if you love it, if you're good at it, or planning your escape and working on something 
You know, you've heard of that quiet quitting where people stay at their job, but they don't really do anything, but they still collect their paycheck. Yeah. I'm all for it. So <laughs> I'm all for it too. As long as it's not your company. <laughs> no, I would spot that. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I do have stuff like that. And yeah. I would sit down and talk to them. Yeah. I would sit down and talk to them because sometimes they are just going through something. Yeah. And then it's a temporary I, thing. I do believe that as employers as well, you need to have that conversation with your staff because there is no person that can be working at that same level years on years yes, yes. and feel equally motivated um, you know, compared to the first day they, were, they, they, they entered the workforce. It <laughs> yeah. is not possible, yeah. right? It, it, it's the ebb and flow That's right. of a career. Yeah. And that is when you sit down and say, hey, what's going on? <clears throat> and I have had conversations like that with mm. um, some of my staff. Mm. And I had a designer, one of my best, who has been with me for a very long time. And I could see that she was just not there. Mm. So I had a really, really good chat with her. And I asked her what's going on because it's not fair to the entire team as well when you're not there and everybody's carrying your load and mm. everyone can see that you're not there. It mm. affects the team morale. Mm. And she told me there were several reasons. I think one, she was comparing herself. She was feeling a little threatened um, by another designer who seems to be better than her because mm. she, she always thought that she was the best. Right. And suddenly, I'm not the best. <laughs> Am I? Am I still the best? Am I still good? Yeah. You know, little things like that. Yeah. Um, she started doubting whether, oh, where am I on the pay scale? Yeah. And then she talks to her friends who are in tech. And this was before the tech bubble burst yeah. recently. And they were boasting to her about how much more they made. Mm. And so we had a good conversation. And I told her, I say, I think one, when your friends tell you that tech makes more money, I mean, there's different levels of tech. Yeah. And now with AI, this was before ChatGPT too. <laughs> a lot of things are changing, but yeah. often you also have to listen to the people who are telling you these things because they just want, they want to make themselves feel good. Yeah, that's and true. And they don't really think about how that makes you feel. Yeah. And it got her thinking as well, like, what do I want to do? Mm. And what I offered her, I mean, to cut a long story short, what I offered her was this because she was so good at her job and she is, she is diligent. Mm. She, she, is, she was not trying to take the piss. Mm. So I told her, I said, you know what? Why don't you go find a job? Find mm. another job. First of all, go look at any design job and see whether you find a better work environment or you can get a better pay. Mm. I mean, I was pretty sure that she won't, <laughs> but that doesn't matter. Mm. Or go find a tech job, go take on a new skill. You know, you're young, you can do it now. Mm. And I told her this and I said, and I'll make it risk free for you. If after one year you don't like it, you come back. That's so beautiful. And I will take you back. Mm. I will take you back. To begin with, she was a great worker. Mm. She was a great team but that's player. Still a great, that's still a great gesture. Yeah. I think that's nice. So then she, you know, suddenly she felt liberated because mm. we talked about this in one of the first few episodes. She felt that she had options. Mm. See, that's the thing. When people feel trapped, that's when they become miserable. She thought this was the it. Mm. At 20 something, to think that that's it, it's pretty sad. Yeah. You know? So when she realized, oh my God, I have options. I can go explore the world and then I can still come back here where I feel I belong. Mm. Or maybe I won't, but it's okay because it's risk free. Yeah. So she did her self-searching and then she came back and she said, okay, I, I realized that uh, 
I'm not the sort who will take on a new skill because I'm too lazy. Mm. You know, <laughs> I am good in design. That's I why you become a designer in the first place. No, <laughs> but it's you know she she loves she loves art she loves design she she excels in it mm. and that's what she wants and she knows she she realized that she's not that kind of a person a go getter kind of a person. Yeah, she is really happy in her job. She just felt at that point she didn't have options. Actually, I think it's funny, you know, that you have this girl who's like a designer. She's a bit arty farty, and they want her to go into like the tech field, which is a totally different vibe. It's like very, very like, it's all logic brain, right? She, it's what is it, left brain or right brain? I can't remember. <laughs> I I don't know too. <laughs> but here's the thing, right? If you're if if it's a true friend and this friend knows you, I and and they're being a friend, they mm. would say. But you're so good at art. Yeah, yeah. You you, you do such beautiful drawing. Yeah. It's about a true friend makes you feel good, mm. even when you're in the doldrums. They still make you. They see the best in you. Yeah. Right. They understand what you're really, really good at. That's right. And I think that, like you say, that <laughs> maybe they were just sort of humble bragging over her. It's like you poor little designer. Look how much we're making over here in tech before we all got laid off. <laughs> Actually, I can 100% tell you that that was exactly what they were doing. Yeah, so that's yeah. why sometimes don't don't listen to your friends, not yeah. all your friends. Yeah. There's a very few friends who really want the best for you. And I don't say this in a cynical way because mm. you know I'm anything but cynical. Mm. But you have to be very careful where you seek counsel. Because yeah. often, People tell you things or give you advice to make themselves feel better. It's yeah. not so much about you, it's about them. I've, I've come to the conclusion actually, half of most human conversations are humble brags. <laughs> These <laughs> days, yes. And when people talk to you and they're, they're trying to sound either sympathetic or encouraging or, or, or self-depreciating or what, a, a lot of it just amounts to humble bragging. That's so a cynic in you. You've got to, yeah. So you've really got to be aware of where other people are coming from. Yeah. And so from that point onwards, after we had that conversation, and uh, of course, you know, she talked a little bit about pay and stuff. Now she's really happy. Yeah. And so, boom, she went from this to this. Yeah. And again, like I say, it's the ebb and flow of uh, of work life and yeah. it's very normal. Sometimes you go through the doldrums and then maybe you have a chat, you go through some soul searching, you don't have to go outside to come back. Sometimes that's what you need yeah. and that's okay, but it comes from self-knowledge, yeah. self-awareness, like you said. And I think that it's more important, like if you're the sort of person who is a, a crafts person or is a, a, a sensitive sort of person, if you're doing a job you don't like, n no amount of money in the world will make you happy. Yes. Like. When I was a, a DJ, as much as I loved being with you guys and talking on the radio and that, all the other stuff around it, I hated, and it started to eat away. At like me. what? Huh? Just <laughs> dealing with the dealing, just dealing with the other stuff. <laughs> like dealing with the other DJs. No, even that wasn't. It, it's just dealing with like the politics of it mm -hmm. and uh, the the dealing with the whole system that's built up around. Like the way I always saw it is. The way I see the world basically is you have people who can do things, who are craftspeople. And I look at being a DJ as sort of being a craftsperson. Yeah. You know, you're, you're crafting your words. It's not an easy thing. And, you know, so I, I look at it, there's, there's like all these people who can do things and they want to do these things for an audience. And then you get these humongous systems built up around the people who do the actual thing. And these systems, I feel like in some ways they facilitate it. In other ways, they hinder it. And I feel like I just didn't like, I just wanted to do my craft. I didn't want to deal with this, all these huge systems that are built up around it. But when you work for a big corporation, you that's deal with is. the politics with it, right? That's right. But that's, that's why you are insulated by yeah. your team. That's right. 
<laughs> and as much as I could be insulated, I really appreciated it and I could function. But after a, a number of years of it, it just gets to be too much. I, I mean, this is another thing you've got to look at. Are you the sort of person who should be working for a big corporation? Are you the sort of person who should be working with a small family-owned company? Hmm. Should you own your own little family-owned company? This, this is the thing, too. Like, you can go into a certain industry, but there will be different companies within that industry that will have different cultures. And yeah. there will be either very big companies with very corporate cultures, or there will be small, fly-by-night, little independent operations who will have their own problems and their own advantages. So you've got to take all these things into consideration. Like, in life, we don't always have the choice. We, we can't always make the exact choice we want. But I think life should be a, pro uh, a process of trying to get you know, little by little to that perfect spot where we can be a little bit happy in this hard, horrible world. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like you, you, you really have to manage your career very carefully to get to a point where you can start calling your own shots and start being your own person and start doing what you're best at with as little interference as possible. That's my thinking. Yeah, and that goes back to my philosophy of over-prepare, go with the flow. Yeah. So with this podcast, hopefully, hopefully it got you thinking. So mm. this is where the preparation comes. Yeah. You think about career fit, my personality type, my temperament, mm. the company culture, you know, am I made for this or that? Yeah. Am I more this or that? All that you can think, mm. okay? But get out there. Yeah. And when you are young, try it all. Yeah. It's okay, yeah. right? But then as you get older, that's when you re I mean, when you go... Okay, so I have to reverse a bit. Yeah. So when you are young, you can go with the flow. Yeah. Right? You apply for jobs, see what comes up. Oh, okay, I'll try this. It kind of, it's not the perfect fit, but sounds like fun. Yeah. And then one or two years, mm, not so much, mm. move on. But when you get to a certain age, like 30, 35, and then you have family, that's mm. when you start thinking, about that that's when career fit really becomes important for sure because by 30 you do want to be building on something that is long term mm. if you the later you build on it like i say is the higher the opportunity cost because if you stay in a company for a long time you climb the corporate ladder your pay becomes higher there's there's more to lose mm. and you may never make the switch yeah so if you're going to make the switch you know you make it earlier mm. And hopefully by the time you get to 40 or 50, that's, you have already laid the groundwork in your 20s mm. and early 30s. That's right. To get to the career that is the right fit for you, like your cousin. Yeah, exactly. She went back to her former workplace and now she's thriving. Yeah. But, but just remember, you know, always take into consideration your own happiness and whatever it is that makes you happy, you know, Maybe working hard makes you happy. Maybe not working hard makes you happy. <laughs> I mean, we all would like to make a lot of money, but for some people, it's much more important. So really try to become aware of your own priorities and figure out what is the career that will help me live my best life. I'm going to add one more thing. Mm. And there are some people who, no matter what, just can't be happy. Yeah. And that's a fact. <laughs> that's a fact. If you are miserable in everything, you need to think, you need to ask yourself, is it me? But you know what? If you're that kind of person, I would suggest becoming a mortician. <laughs> because I think there's nothing better than a really gloomy mortician. And I, I feel like everybody has their spot. 
in this <laughs> like world. Like go at a funeral party? Yeah, like somebody with a really sallow face and deep eyes. No, but you've met people like that. You know people like that. Yeah, but they are never happy. But so if you're not happy, you can find a job that suits you being unhappy. You can be a movie critic. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so there's still a job for someone like that, but yeah. you need to stop blaming the world and just find a job and, and know yourself and say, you know what? I'm just never happy. Yeah. So either this is it and this is as good as it gets, or you know what? I'll find a job that yeah. is like um, mortician. <laughs> and take Jason. I don't Johnson's know if that's advice. good advice or not, but I like the mental image of it. <laughs> Probably not. Well, we hope you got something out of it, mm. and do join us next week for our very last episode of the Wake Up Shop. See ya. <laughs>